This morning it's appropriate that we uh, pause, we have a selah uh, from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we've been following through, and uh, appropriate for us to consider um, the situation for the McNaughtons, consider as a body of Christ uh, how we reflect upon our Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour uh, in every single thing we may face. And so one thing which was very precious to uh, Catherine and Alistair is the sovereignty of God. He is all-powerful. He overcomes all things. And so you can see, uh, I'll read the little snippet down here by uh, Spurgeon. When you go through a trial, the sovereignty of God is a pillar upon which you lay your head. Our God is sovereign over all. So uh, today, we, as a message, we have a bit of a reflection on our Lord, on our God. Uh, and the reading, there will be some readings throughout, but the first reading and main reading is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18. So as I uh, do the uh, read through this, we'll take our time, take time to reflect on the words. And it may be that later on, too, you may wish to uh, reread it again. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Selah. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. God, how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, 
They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. It's a beautiful psalm, one for us to remember this day. As we grieve alongside the McNaughton family, we recognise that our grief is because of the gap there is now before we see Catherine again. We know the surety of our faith, the promise of eternal life for all who put their trust in Jesus Christ. And the glorious hope of what God's word has told us is true for the future and eternity. We also mourn for the grief of those, Catherine's family, who will miss her the most. One truth, one reality that both Catherine and Alistair know and hold to is that we serve a sovereign God. The one and only true God who has ultimate power over everything. It's a truth that we celebrate when we see God intervene and overcome the impossible. And it's a truth that we declare when prayers aren't answered the way we long for them to be. And our God is not just sovereign of all the big events in our world. He's sovereign over every single being and sovereign over every aspect of our lives. Psalm 139 speaks of God's sovereignty over our lives. He knows what we are thinking, and he knows what we are feeling. He's big enough to listen to our hurts, our frustrations, and even our questions about why things happen. He is sovereign of our whereabouts, including where we are at in regards to walking in faith and trusting him. He knows each one of our days. He was there when we were born, and he will be there when we pass from this life and into his glory which we can't even start to imagine until we see him face to face. When we declare God being sovereign over everything in our life, then we discover we have a freedom to really live. Our illnesses, our heartaches, any bitterness or hurts become minimal when we set our eyes on him. A character in the Bible, Job, goes through intense physical and emotional suffering. And yet, as we read through the book of Job, we discover that Job recognises and realises the enormity of God, greater than he even expected at the start. In Job 42, verse 2, Job says this, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And yet we recognise that we live in a fallen world that has been ravaged by sin. And this sin affects everyone, giving no attention as to whether someone is young or old, has demonstrated love for others or delights in evil. All too often society and individuals point the finger at God for not pulling through and answering a prayer. Those who don't know the Lord or are overcome with grief question why God would not stop all hurt and injustice immediately. Or we sometimes try to explain away why God seems to have let something happen rather than intervene. It takes faith to simply say, my God is sovereign over every part of my life and I will trust him no matter what. Such was a case with three young Jewish men who were captives uh, to the Babylonians. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And 
the key words in that message were, even if. Let me read to you Daniel 3, verses 16 to 18. Here, King Nebuchadnezzar has created a, a huge idol and told people to worship and bow down to it. These three men uh, refuse to. Uh, no matter what, they will serve the one and true God only. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reply to Nebuchadnezzar. They say, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And then they go on to say this to show their true faith in the one God. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. I'm acutely aware of those in our congregation who are also suffering illness where the future is uncertain. Sickness can act like an idol that wants to rule over your life, to attack you physically and emotionally. Are we strong enough in those challenging moments to say to sickness, we have a God who can overthrow you, but even if he doesn't, we will still not give in to you despair. We will not let physical sickness take away the joy of our salvation that remains in our spirit, even if we struggle to have the strength to show it. When we speak of our trust in a sovereign God, no matter the situation, then we speak of our belief that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus conquering death is the first to rise into eternal life and an example and to pave the way for all who put their trust in him. Sometimes it is hard to think beyond our mortal world, but when you realise that you have an eternity ahead of you, then there grows a boldness inside of you to face what others might fear. Allowing God to be sovereign in all steps of your life also allows you to recognise the growing relationship that you receive through Christ with the living God. We have a God who is love, and if we trust him, then we will never be separated from his love for us. We sort of grasp that now, but one day we will discover that that love is so real that it will seem like it has a physical shape and form rather than seeming to be no more than just an emotion. Again, God's sovereignty over all things is demonstrated by the strength of that love. Paul explains it in Romans. Romans 8, verses 38 to 39. Paul says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. By faith, we speak of a sovereign God. By faith, we stand firm in what we believe, even in our individual challenges. 
by faith we believe in his word. By faith we grow to understand his great love for us. And that we weren't created for mortality, but for eternity. We weren't created for the perishable, but for the imperishable. C.S. Lewis suffered great grief in his life, and yet he was able to express the sovereignty of God through his gift of writing, and especially through his gift of writing children's books, and capture a glimpse of how God's sovereignty brings us to a reality that we have to clearly see and understand. In the final book of the Narnia Chronicles, in the book The Last Battle, the story ends with the children coming into a fullness of that promise. Uh, and it's a, a beautiful set to read. Here, main character Aslan, who symbolises Jesus, um, speaks to the children at the end. And it's an allegory to reflect the promise of eternal life that Jesus gives us. Let me just read the final paragraph in The Last Battle by C.S. Lewis. Aslan says to those around him who have believed in him, he says, the dream is ended. This is the morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them... It was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at least they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia, is a beautiful allegory for the Christian walk and promises of salvation and offerings and of things to come. The Apostle John describes what he saw. This is where C.S. Lewis picks up the end of his story. And the Apostle John describes this amazing truth that we will come to a day when all anger, and bitterness, fear, hatred, and sin will cease to exist. Let me read to you from Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, 
It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. We have a sovereign God who leads us to himself through the joys, through the sorrows, through the challenges and through the victories. And he leads us home, closer to him than we can ever imagine. Do you know God as sovereign in every part of your life, no matter what you may face? Let's pray. Lord God, we want to thank you for your love to us no matter what we face. And today, Lord, we've prayed uh, for the McNaughton family. We know the sure hope that Catherine is with you. We also know that there are others in this family and around us, in our own families, who have battles and challenges, uncertainties, and we pray, Lord, that you are sovereign over every aspect of their lives and our lives. Let us know that you are near. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit so that we are never alone. But I ask too, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, this week especially, prompts us to look to others, to see how we may serve them and be a blessing to them and to act under the Spirit, to do your will. Be Lord of our every thought, our every word, our every deed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.